This is the Leadership Forum. Consider if everybody did what you are doing, would the world be a better place? That's a principle for just checking whether what you are doing is correct. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, where we explore principles, practices, and perspectives of effective leadership. We get to the leadership forum and just to uh, recap, Bishop, what we talked last time we were together. Yes, still yes. motivation. Yes, yes. Yes, we talked yes. about efficacy. Efficacy, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Self-efficacy. <laughs> <laughs> you also mentioned something around um, effort performance and performance outcome expectation. Yes, mm. ah, I can you see you took, you took you took good notes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, we we want to continue. We were talking about for those of you who may be joining us. Uh, we have been on this for the last is it three or s- three? Today is four. Today is the fourth session. Yes. Uh, maybe would be our last one on this matter. We are looking at motivation. The reason we looked at this, uh, we considered this particular topic, is uh, looking at our environment, uh, work environment in which we find ourselves. There's a lot of discouragement, uh, particularly economically, financially. Uh, many organizations are struggling financially. And therefore, they are not able to pay their workers to the levels that would be expected. In fact, just as I'm coming in here, I, I just read this uh, this uh, information in the newspapers that mm-hmm. were saying most civil servants are in financial distress, in crisis. They are reeling in debts. So many of them uh, civil servants, public workers, are, uh, are are in debt, and debt creates uh, a crisis and stress in any person. And so, as I was thinking about that, uh, this this is very, very can be very distressful. And when it is said, a majority of the people working for government are in as uh, debt and distress that is not a very good place to be in because when you're in that place, you become vulnerable to many, many things. And as one who works in the Anti-Corruption Commission, (laughs) I can only see how that can make our uh, civil servants to be very vulnerable to to, to corruption. Uh, Because if you are in that situation where you are in debt and uh, somebody offers you something, it really takes a courageous man or woman a principled person to say no yes and that is what we would hope that all of us would do so no matter in which place you find yourself uh you, you should not give in to uh these kinds of negative activities of corruption but uh we say that employees or staff or team members can then be very demoralized Mm. Uh, you, you can imagine if you are in a financial distress, it is not some, you don't look forward to going to work. You don't look forward to um, serving people because this, this thing is weighing on you. Mm. So we said then, how can leaders motivate their workers and their team members uh, in an environment like this where money is scarce for everybody. Are there, uh, is there a way you can motivate people 
in a non-monetary way. Yeah. And that's what we have been discussing uh, in all this way. And it is trying to understand how people work and what are some of the things that can cause a person to be motivated even though there is no uh, monetary compensation. Uh, so the organization may not have the money to compensate you and yet can create an environment in which people are very excited or happy to work. Yes. Uh, and that's what we have been looking at in the last uh, three sessions of our, of our studies and discussions. And that's what we want to continue with today and uh, try and conclude if possible. Okay. Yes. So efficacy we talked about last week, last time, is uh, the belief of an individual that they have the capacity to perform a task. So if a person has that belief, and we talk about belief, it mm. is not necessarily the capacity to actually do it. There are people who believe they can perform when actually they can't. Mm. <laughs> uh, there are people who don't believe they can perform when they actually can yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. so that is self-efficacy is about believing that you are able to do what needs to be done to undertake a task. And we mentioned that the, the that that belief in one's capacity to perform a task grows with time. Yes, you know, mm. uh, as you as you conquer small uh, tasks. Uh, you perform small tasks, you are able to try the bigger ones that that come next. And we said, we gave the example, I think, uh, I don't know whether I said it here or elsewhere, but we gave the example of David. Yes, we said it here. We said it here. Mm. So David, for example, when the Israel was faced with the giant Goliath who was taunting them and the whole army and saying, give us some, give me a man, you know, to, so that we can square this out. Let's not uh, waste the resources of all our armies. And nobody was willing or ready to confront him because of his size, his prowess, and how he was armed. Uh, they just looked and everybody was running. But David comes in and looks at the situation and feels he can take on this guy. And when he was taken to King Saul, and Saul tells him, you can't. This man is a professional warrior. You are just a small boy, a shepherd. You cannot take on this. But David comes out with that self-efficacy statement when he says that I have been in the field looking after my father's sheep and every once in a while a lion would come and pick one of my lambs. I went after it and fought it with my own hands and rescued the lamb. Another time a bear came and uh, picked my lamb. I went after it. I fought with my bare hands and I got back my lamb. So he says that out of that experience, the God who helped me to fight the lion and the bear yes. will now help me also to fight this giant. Yes. So his self-efficacy was born out of previous experiences. Yes. If you have not fought the lion and the bear and conquered, it is very unlikely that you will face the giant yes. Goliath. Mm -mm. But men and women who have fought smaller battles 
and warn them have the confidence, the self-efficacy, the belief that they have the capacity to tackle something greater. How does this relate to motivation? Is that as a leader, therefore, uh, one of the things that makes a person very motivated, makes a worker and any of us motivated, is to win. Yes. When you succeed in accomplishing a task, there's a joy that comes with it. And so you want to help your members to and place them in places where they can succeed. Yes. Never place your team members where they will fail. So you have to know who has fought the lion and who has fought <laughs> the bear. Mm. And that is not until a certain level of need is met that one can get into the next level of need. Yes. So when you think about motivation, I will not be motivated at a certain level until a certain need is met. So from a motivational point of view, therefore, as a leader, you need to ensure that uh, certain needs are of your team members are being met so that you move them to higher levels of uh, motivation yes. rather than at basic level. So some organizations not recognizing this have tended to motivate their members only at certain levels. And therefore, you find that people are leaving you and you wonder why? <laughs> you know, why are you why are they leaving? Yes. Is because you have not understood these motivational levels. But if you understand the motivational levels, there then you can keep your members consistently and constantly motivated uh, at depending at which level each person is at. Yes. Yes. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs starts with the, the basic physical need, what he calls the physical needs or yes. psychological, uh, physiological needs. Uh, like the hygiene needs that were meant, mentioned by Hesburgh, uh, Maslow categorizes this as food, drink, uh, shelter, uh, medicals, uh, freedom from pain, and all those basic kind of needs. So in this is where salary would come in, mm. money would come in. All those are at the basic needs. That's why you hear people saying, I'm only working to put food on the, on the table. That means that that person is working at a very basic level. And it's a lot of motivation. <laughs> you know? So yeah. when, a, when a person is at that level, then all they need is, is money to put food on the table. On the table. Now, uh, there are two ways of looking at this. When we talk about the individual, we talk about self-motivation. Yes. Uh, and self-motivation, therefore, will go through the same hierarchy of needs. But now we are looking at this as external motivation. So it is the leader 
who is trying to motivate his or her members. So, there will be those people who are at the basic need level. They just need to put food on the table. So, you will be looking at how do I help this person to meet their basic needs? Because no matter what else you are talking about, no matter what grand plans you have and great ideas that are there and uh, telling them about the vision of the uh, where you are going and so on. They're just thinking, my children have not gone to school. Yeah. I need school fees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Or I have a sick person. Or I have a sick person. I need that. money to sort that out. I have yeah. not paid my rent. Yes. Uh, things like that. So this person is at such a basic level that what will motivate them is to know that that need can be met. That need can be taken care of somewhere, somehow. So you as a leader, you want to see how do I help this person uh, to meet the very basics of needs? Mm. Let's pause there. Let's pause there and think about it. I know leaders are thinking, hmm, I need to think, how can I motivate such kind of a staff, you know, at the very basic level? The members who basic, basic need is where they are. That's where they are. Mm. Yes, so you uh, you have to think creatively mm. on how to help those people because no matter what else you are saying, they are just thinking basic needs. Yeah. Uh, and yet as an organization, you are also at basic level. <laughs> you mm. know, you are not able to do that. So creative thinking of how to motivate your team members, how to... This, this would normally happen... Uh, force smaller teams getting to know people at a personal level. Uh, if you see somebody looking very discouraged, uh, just sitting down with them, finding out what is the issue and so on. And if you find, for example, I have not paid school fees. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you can do to help this person? If not... Uh, just to identify with them and empathize with them and explore together what are the possible uh, solutions that could be there. That sense of, um, of empathy and, uh, and, and a sense of care will be a motivator that you don't dismiss me so how comes you have not paid your fees? What do you do with your money? <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut down quietly. quietly and you'll be discouraged forever. Yes. So that the, you may not necessarily provide what is required, but you can empathize with the person and appreciate that this is a real need, need. and explore together if there's any way that you can be of help to them. Uh, or they can sort themselves out on that. That recognition and appreciation that this is a real need may be a motivator in itself, mm. may not necessarily just giving them what they need. So a recognition that physiological needs are real needs 
is the very bare minimum that a leader would need to uh, use to support and motivate uh, a staff worker who is still at that level. Uh, the second level that uh, Maslow points out is safety and security needs. That people want to feel safe, live in a safe environment, work in a safe environment, uh, and so on. That their lives are not threatened, their future is not threatened, and this is where, again, as a leader, you want to... Uh, make sure that the work environment is safe. Uh, necessary measures are taken to ensure that your workers are safe. Those people who work in factories and so on where with toxic um, toxic um, products uh, that people are protected uh, from the same. People can see that there is effort being made yes. to ensure that I am safe. safe. Mm. This is where insurances also come in. You know, there's a life insurance, there's a medical insurance. All those things contribute to a feeling of security and safety. Uh, and when people are in those kinds, work in those kinds of environment, uh, you'll find that even though they don't have the paycheck, uh, perhaps not even at the level that they would want, but they feel uh, my life is taken care of. Yes. So if an opportunity for them to move to another organization comes up, they will find out, do these people have these safety things? Do they have insurance? Mm. Do you have medical? Yes. And even though they are offering a bigger pay, they say, I would rather stay here mm. because my safety needs are Next. taken care of. Yeah. So as leaders, again, those are things that if you recognize that these are real needs that uh, people have, then you want to build them in in your compensation plan and in your motivation plan so that people feel safe and secure as they serve in your team. Uh, the third one is... Before we go to the third one, Bishop, yes, yes, here yes. around safety and security needs, mm -hmm. Is it the place where we, we, we've mentioned before about job security? Is this where we place that job security here? Yes, job security is, is actually in this place also. Okay. Because people, I don't want to be in an environment where people are sacked on a daily basis for small and big things alike, you know. You, you can just be called to the office and you're shown the door. Then you don't feel secure. Uh, you could be the next. Yes. And there are organizations like that where you're fired. <laughs> Yesterday you had a job. You slept having a job. Yes. You wake up, you're jobless. You are, you are jobless. So that gives puts people in a very jittery uh, place. Uh, the, the, the security of their job is not there. So yes, uh, that job security uh, falls in this. Okay. Yes. Third is social. Social has to do with a sense of belonging. Uh, we are social beings. You can have the whole world like Adam did. But because there was no other person like him, he was miserable. Yes. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So you can have the money, a good paycheck, and uh, so on, and a secure environment. 
but the relationships within the organization are so bad so you hear people talking about a toxic environment people talking about uh, a very hostile environment people talking about i just find it so hard to go to the office you know it's people are always fighting shouting at one another and and so on you don't feel like you belong those are things that you must take care of in your team yeah. as a leader mm-hmm. create an environment that is friendly create an environment where people feel like they belong uh they are members of this club called your organization yes and they look forward every day to go to work uh, because they are going to work among friends mm. so that again is a responsibility that a leader can work on to make sure that your team members enjoy the presence of one another mm. because the social networking and social belonging is a critical need and it's a higher level need than food and drink mm, break yes. that one for us break it down what do you mean by that you can have all the food i've just talked about adam as an extreme example yeah you can it. have food and drink you have a good house mm. you have good food you have good money in your bank account but you have no friends Mm-mm. so boring it's <laughs> so boring <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be lonely <laughs> you can be so lonely you yes. can you, you don't feel you belong you don't feel fulfillment in life yes That's why clubs were created. Ah. You know? Yes. So that you can go to a place you can just sit down and socialize with other people. You know, the, these golf uh clubs and so on, uh, sports clubs and so on are for that purpose to to give people opportunity to network and to get to know one another and to have a sense of belonging. But you can create that within the organization itself. Yes. So that when people think of Hope FM, Hope Media, they think of going to a very happy environment where people are friends. Yes. You know? Yes. You can you can share your lives, you can laugh together uh, and and so on. That is a motivator. It makes it more difficult for a person to imagine they are living this environment. Mm. where they're living friends they're living people who support them who care about them and so on and so forth so you can actually create that environment yes. where your organization or your team uh are friends are uh, they they love one another they care for one another uh if a christian environment they pray for one another they yes. support one another they mm. visit one another mm. all those things contribute to the social well-being of an in, of a of the person and therefore becomes a great motivation to their work when yeah. people work in a friendly environment a happy environment they work more than ordinary go they go mm. beyond the call of duty yes uh, because they are highly motivated just because of this friendly environment when we are working in an environment where people are fighting uh, people undermining one another uh, shouting at one another you know those kinds of environment people just do the bare minimum they are looking for the earliest opportunity for exit 
to leave that space. Yeah. So as a leader, you need to know that social well-being of individuals is a high-level need. Mm. So create an environment where people feel uh, happy. Yes. One has said that if you have happy workforce, there's nothing you can't accomplish. Mm. Powerful. Yes. If you are a, have a happy workforce, there's nothing. Because they are self-motivated. Yes. Just because of that. And as I said, it is a higher level need. In other words, it is beyond food and drink and safety. Mm. Those, those are lower level needs. Okay. Question there. Yes. Um, I know it might come here. What happens in the scenario where the lead is really trying, you know? To, to build that, to build an environment in the team where uh, we are building friendships, we are, the environment is good, and everything is working well. But we just have this one. Everyone is going right. They are going left. You try yes. to bring them back, but they feel, mm -mm, I want to be out. What should the leader do? If, uh, of course, you try to help them to fit within the team, but if ultimately you realize that this person is not changing and they're not going to change, sometimes it's okay to lead, let them go. That's Just part, like that. That's part of leadership. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of leadership, yes. Uh, many people think that uh, uh, good leaders cannot let people go. But they are good workers. They're excellent. They are but good, they just can't feed, Bishop. But you, it's just you that. see... The social need, as we have said, is a higher level need. Yes. So even though this person is producing great work, but he or she is affecting other workers, so they are not able to produce to their optimum. So will you depend on the production of this one person at the expense of these 20 persons? That's the choice mm. you have to make. They say they are loners. They thrive in people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if they are if they are Their loners in the in the sense that they are just not interacting with people, uh, they are not social, but they are not they they don't have negative energy. That's a different thing. I thought I'm talking about people who are constantly bringing negative energy to the group or to the team. Okay. They are fighting with people. They are undermining others and so on and so. On. But they do their work well. Those are, that's the one I was talking about. Okay. But if you're talking about a person who just doesn't like social events and social interaction, they prefer to work on their own and so on. I think that is something that you can accommodate and uh, bring them on board every so often, but recognize that this person does not necessarily enjoy uh, being in public, talking in public, sharing things in public and so on this is their temperament and you can make other members know that you know mm. grace just likes working alone uh, but you can give them opportunity to do one or two things when people are together so that they still also have that sense of belonging mm. yeah but you can't force them to be social if they are not so that person i'm not going to let them go mm. i'm going to see how to accommodate them within the general teamwork uh, so that they are part of the team, but you don't expect them to do 
certain very vibrant things mm. uh yeah social things <laughs> okay. and social spaces mm. yeah but i was talking about the person bringing negative energy, energy. yes okay that one for sure we release them yes to the wider ministry to the wider the ministry <laughs> They may just find somewhere where they fit better. Okay. <laughs> But not here. Mm. Yes. Okay. Thank you for uh, clarifying the two. So the third, uh, the fourth, the yes. fourth is esteem. Mm. Esteem is how a person feels about themselves. How a person feels about themselves and how they feel people feel about them. Repeat that one again. Yeah. How <laughs> let me use a different word. How mm. you perceive people to think about you. You know Jesus asked what do who do people say that I am? Uh so if you feel that people perceive you to be a good person. Uh then you feel good about yourself. But it first starts with you as a person feeling nice and good about yourself. Yes. So if you feel good and uh, nice about yourself, that will make you do certain things. Self-confidence, uh self-appreciation and then added to that is what people think about you and how people treat you. So now let's move to the how people treat you. because mm. that is now external. Yes. How you think about yourself and what you feel about yourself that is internal. That's for you. Mm. Yes. Okay, let's go through this and then I'll ask what I'm thinking. <laughs> then uh how what people think about you builds what you think about yourself. So I can be thinking that I'm I'm a very poor worker or I do not know much. I'm not as good as so and so and so on when people compare themselves and that makes me feel uh not not a great member of the team so i have a low self esteem now uh, the team members can help you get out of that but particularly the leader yes so As a leader therefore what I want to do is to help you to appreciate first of all appreciate yourself. And by pointing out true positive attributes. So not not flattery. Mm-mm. True positive <laughs> attributes. So And if I will they're s- not there. There's nobody without a positive okay, attribute. So. Even the worst of us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There is nobody on earth Yeah, we were fearfully and wonderfully, and wonderfully made. made. So we may not be good in many things, yes. but there will be just this one or yes. two things. Yes. That is good about a person. Yes. So there's nobody who you can say this one is 100% bad. <laughs> no such a person exists. No. No. Yeah, so even the worst of us has positive attributes. So as your leader, I want to identify those positive attributes, things that you do well. Uh areas that you are you are strong in um personality traits that are positive uh how you interact with people how you answer questions how you uh present your things you know you have a gift of excellence and and things like that so 
which sometimes a person may not know of themselves because it is natural for themselves. So they don't realize that this which they find very easy to do is actually a very special attribute. So I will point it out to you. You, Grace, you are so, I realize you are so good in this. And they're like, oh, really? Yeah, like the other day you did this and this and the other. And, uh, and it is true. Yeah. So when you think about it, you realize, yeah, it is true. I did that. I did the other. And, and I say, this is very unusual. Not many people have the gift that you have. Not many people do the things that you do. Uh, that begins to build your self-esteem, self -esteem. you know. Mm -hmm. and I can when feel it. <laughs> you can feel it yes. <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as a leader, I want to help you to, uh, to know yourself, identify the strengths that you have and uh, the abilities and, and especially the unique things yes. that are specific for you. Uh, I really like the way you, you, you make your presentations. Mm. When you stand before people, you are so confident, uh, you speak very clearly, uh, you are able to persuade people, uh, and it is true. When I keep doing that for you as a leader, your self-esteem grows. And self-esteem is an even higher level of need. Yes. <laughs> It's higher than food. Mm. It's higher than security. <laughs> yes. It's higher than uh, than, than uh, what? What was the last one? Yes. The needs. So social social needs. Mm. So you you are then lifted up. You find that when sometimes uh, you talk with a person and when they leave the office, they are bouncing. <laughs> mm -hmm. they, they just because they feel good about themselves, themselves yes and that is a very high level need compare that to a place where you are always being brought down you you go into the boss office and you come out torn to pieces you always do this. You always do this. You can never do this. You are always late. You well, and you know, and you live there, and even the little esteem you had is Ooh. gone, <laughs> and you just feel so useless. Yes. You feel so useless. In fact, perhaps you have even been told you are so useless. You live there, and you just feel, I can't stay here. I can't continue in this place. You have been demotivated. Yes. But when you are in a place where you are appreciated, you are encouraged, you are told positive things, money will not matter. Because people want to be appreciated. Yes. Yes. So that is the esteem, esteem need, which is a level four need. Mm. It's better than food. Mm -hmm. It's better than safety. Yes. It's better than social Fashion. connections. Mm. Because it doesn't matter how many social connections you have. If you feel that you are the inferior mem member in that social network, it won't be a blessing to you. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Even if you hear people are going for a party, you mm. say, oh, no, I'm, I'm a bit busy. 
I will not come. <laughs> but if you know you are appreciated, you are going to be the center of discussion uh, of what? Of socializing. Everybody wants to talk to you because you are such an important person. You go. Yeah. Yeah, you Ali. lay aside. You go early. <laughs> you go early. They find you there. <laughs> They'll find you there. Yeah. Because everybody appreciates you. Mm. Very important. Very important. And as leaders, we need to build the self-esteem of our members. Mm. Encourage people. Help them to discover themselves. Help them to build themselves. Help yes. them to be proud of themselves. Go even into very uh, simple things that can help people. You know, even, even simple things like dressing, presentation, um, uh, Organize, how they organize themselves and so on. You can help them. If there are areas that you think uh, this person is not doing so well in this area, you can help them. Sit down with them and say, you know, by the way, you are a very organized person. Uh, I like the way you do this. Perhaps you could also consider this particular area yeah. uh, to enhance yourself. I like the way you dress, but you, you look better in this uh, kind of thing. Those things build the esteem of a person. Yes. They begin to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And they feel that you care about me as a person. Not just about the work that I do. Yes. And that will be a high motivator for your people. Okay. The last one is self-actualization in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Self-actualization is building up from the esteem. Getting to fulfill your purpose in life. Getting to fulfill your purpose in life uh, is so very important. How do you utilize your gifts, your skills, your abilities? How do you get to pursue your passion uh, and so on. What kind of contribution are you making to society beyond just your work and career? Uh, those are things that ultimately is what gives greatest fulfillment. You have seen people with lots of money, lots of uh, good success and so on, but they are still so miserable. Yes. Why? Because they are not living to their full potential, to their full uh, individuality, if I put it that. They are not fulfilling their purpose in life. So this thing called purpose is the highest level of need. Yes. You know, when Rick Warren wrote the book, The Purpose Driven Life, which I don't know whether you have read it. Very, very basic book. Yes. Bible-based Christian book. Simplistic, I would call it. Purpose-driven life. Yes. That book sold in hundreds of millions across the Christian circles and otherwise. In fact, I remember, we, in, it, I think it's 2015 or thereabout, we were in a place where he was talking and he said, next to the Bible, it was the 
highest sold book wow. in the world. Mm. But I was just talking about how to uh fulfill your purpose in life. How to know and fulfill your purpose in life. That is a high level need that every one of us has to fulfill our purpose in life to feel that i am a member of the world yes yes <laughs> yes and not just a member but a valuable yeah. member mm. of society mm. that is not an easy thing it is the highest need that any of us has so general normally we talk about this from the person from the individual how to get there but now we are talking from a leader's leader. perspective how do you get to help your members to achieve that it means that you want to get to know the individual get to ask them what are their dreams where do they see themselves in the next 5 10 20 years how can we help you to get to that place uh what what um engagements would help you get there and therefore we help you to fulfill that or to pursue that even as you serve with us so when a leader therefore knows the purpose of the individual uh the passions the abilities and works towards helping them to fulfill that that person will be sold out <laughs> you know they will be so highly motivated you know you you get say there's an opportunity for a conference a seminar uh whatever a networking and i know this is an area that grace would be interested in that would add value to her journey of life and i come and say grace i, I know that you you are very passionate about this kind of thing it may not have nothing to do with your work mm. okay yes but i know that this is an area of interest this is an area of uh, of passion and i come and say there's this opportunity here why don't you you go you know and pursue this and you just feel like wow wow, <laughs> wow. do you mean because it? <laughs> this is just for me, me. Yes. it is not for my position yeah. or for my organization yeah. it is for me mm. you can imagine how that person will be so excited because they feel you know them and you care about them yes. as an individual mm. and their future those are things that we as leaders can do uh but it requires that you get to know your team members and what their needs and aspirations are so those are five areas of maslow's needs so we will want to bring this motivation thing to a close with maslow's hierarchy of needs maybe you can take some questions yes okay self i love self actualization among <laughs> them all i love self actualization i've confessed <laughs> we will try and look for ways of helping you in that area tuangalia mambo yako serikali idea idea okay 
let's now get to <laughs> our question of the day remember you can engage with us our sms line is 20933 you can also talk to us on 0717400555 that's our whatsapp line and at top fm live at top tv kenya our team will be sampling some of your comments from that section <laughs> on our digital platforms and let's get to our question of the day question question of the day on the leadership forum Okay, so let's begin with uh, this one who writes and says, I'm following keenly. I see you've dwelt much on leaders' motivation to the team or members. Does this disqualify team members unable to give their leader a motivation? <laughs> yeah. mm. No, it doesn't. As I have qualified as we are going along, Usually when we talk about motivation, we talk about self-motivation. So like say even Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if we were to discuss them from a personal perspective, how do you grow to self-actualization from a basic need? So that is a common discussion that we have. And so, uh, but today we are talking about how can you as a leader motivate your workers or your members, Mm -hmm. especially in this very difficult economic environment Mm -hmm. where there are more things to discourage than to encourage. Can you be an encourager? Mm-hmm. So this does not stop members from encouraging their leaders. Yes. Yes. Okay. And you do likewise. Mm. Yes. Follow the steps. Follow the steps. <laughs> okay. This <laughs> uh, and Rice and is taking us back to a bit of, uh, I think, what we talked about last week. What's the best way to apply motivation and self-efficacy to jobless individuals struggling to fight giants of debts, distress, and despair. <laughs> three Ds. Yes, three Ds. How do you uh, help them? I think the, I would say that the first place to start, when you are in debt, when you are distressed and you are jobless, one of the things that first dies in you is self-esteem. You feel useless to society. You feel uh, even family, you know, people are always asking you, when are you going to get a job? Go out there and do something. And you know you have been trying. I'm not, and now I'm talking about people who have tried and not, are not getting there. Yeah. So it really robs you of your self-esteem. So if I was a motivator, that's where I would begin. I begin by helping you to recognize that you are somebody, you are valuable, you have talents, you have gifts, you have skills, you have abilities, and so on. Because it is only when a person gains that self-esteem that they can be able to develop self-efficacy, the capacity to attempt something. But when, when a person is feeling useless, even opportunity may be around them, but they are not seeing them or they don't feel they can do them. They disqualify themselves. They disqualify themselves. Before they try. Because they feel the world has disqualified me, then I must actually be useless. Five years since I graduated, 20 interviews, no one seems to think I'm worthy of anything. So you begin to feel like you are also useless. You know, yeah. so 
the beginning point is to help this person to realize they are not useless. Their gifts and talents that they have, the abilities they have, and uh, therefore can see how to utilize those and never give up on themselves. Mm. Yeah. I feel you should stay there a bit, Bishop, because <laughs> before let's before stay there a bit. Most of us would would disqualify ourselves and not even see, like you know, the story of Moses. What is in your hands? Yes. I would prefer what is in Bishop's hands that he can give me, you know, to be employed. Could you just help us change our perspective around that so yeah. that there is something you can do? As I wait, I've applied for this job, but I've not gotten any feedback. But how can I, you know, like do a personal audit to see what else I can do, either with my hands, with my skills, with the giftings God has given me? Mm-hmm. And you have put it very well, which I, which I always use, by the way. What is in your hands? That's what Moses was uh, asked. And for him, it was a useless thing. Why? Moses had got to the place of low self-esteem. Yeah. Why? Because as a young man, uh, he had seen the suffering of Israel. Uh, while he was in Pharaoh's palace. And he felt he should do something about it. And he stepped out to do something about it. And he failed miserably. That's how he ran out away to his uncle's home. So now, having been with sheep for 40 years, he didn't think that uh, he was a revolutionary leader who can go out into Egypt and get people out. I had, I have been there. I've done that, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. So he he was really at a low self-esteem level. Yeah. Talk about Moses stammering. It was part of so low self-esteem. You find that people with low self-esteem cannot talk coherently. They are. Um, mm, uh, mm, they can't make a sentence because they are not sure even that what I'm going to say will be accepted. So when a person is at that level, you really need to help them to know that that which you have can be very useful. And if you can give them examples, you can uh, demonstrate what is doable and what is possible, uh, some of those people can actually get out of where they are. And, and begin to do great things. And there are stories of people who started with 500 shillings yes. and have built multi-million businesses uh, and, and so on and so forth. Some of us are like, unless I'm employed, I'm employed there's nothing else I can do. So they're just sitting there waiting for a job. Mm. Which job is not forthcoming? So how do you help that person to recognize that uh, you don't have to be employed? You can be self-employed. And you can start something small that can at least give you pocket money, you know, yes. to, to meet some of your very basic needs. So you're not always begging for soap, for toothpaste, for, you know, uh, you can at least provide for yourself. So that, that is an area that um, we really need to help our people who find themselves in those places. So beginning small 
is something that many people don't re realize they can't do. But it still all boils down to this one thing I'm calling self-esteem. Yes. When you find yourself and life has beaten you, first thing life beats out of you is personal confidence. Mm -hmm. it's, and once that is taken from you, I can tell you there's little you can do. Because you only see how useless you are. Yeah. How can I raise up from that place? That's why I'm saying it is people to help you recognize. And if there are no people to help you, do self-evaluation. Okay. Self-assessment. And realize just how much you have in your arsenal. You, you may find that you have so much that you can do. Yeah. Okay. Two more before time catches up with us, Bishop. What happens when your boss works on threats and never gets to listen or hear what the staff are saying? Who can help such a boss? And who can help the staff who are demotivated and feel unheard or unlistened to? Uh, this this, this uh, is a movie we use in our leadership, cutter lead, uh, leadership training. Uh, I'm sure, Grace, you are familiar with it. Mm. Of this boss who shouts at everybody and, you know, throwing things at everyone and so on. But one of his colleagues mm. one day just confronted him and told him the truth. The good thing is that he was a willing learner. Yes. So when he was confronted to see the reality, he actually changed and uh, began to appreciate people a little more and, and so on and so forth. So sometimes... You as a member of the team, you can help your leader to realize that the way they are leading uh, may not be the best. So you can help them to be a little more gentle, a little more kind, and so on, leading the leader. Mm. Yes. And we talked about it here sometime. Yes, How we did. to do that yes. with respect. With respect. Mm. I can see you remember. Yes, yes, yes. Please <laughs> go to the Top FM Live or Hope TV Kenya on the YouTube page. You'll find it somewhere there. This one writes and says, Bishop, um, thank you for the great discussion. How do you achieve the motivation of staff while handling a big number like in government institutions? I work in a hospital with 200 staff. Where? Where do they it start? is very, very unlikely that one person can be a supervisor of 200 staff. It's very unlikely. Usually, unless, if, it is the, if that's the case, then follow Jethro's advice. Break them down into smaller groups. Because you can't supervise 200 people. No. So break them into smaller groups, maybe of tens, which will give you 20 people. The 20 people will be your direct reports. If you break them into 15s, you'll have like uh, 15 people or uh, 14, 15 people who will be your direct reports. So those are your team members. And through them, then you can lead the others. So um, no matter how big your organization, a leader can only have, should only have, in fact, it's recommended maximum 8 to 12 people who are your direct reports. And those are the people you work with, and through them, you are able to lead the rest of the team. Okay. Yeah. 
Aya. Finally, um, Jeffrey from Pangani, Nairobi. Motivation is very important to employees, but as an employer, you have to consider, number one, employee, employees' ability. Two, availability of opportunities for motivation. Three, willingness of employees to ex ex uh, expend necessary efforts. Mm, a comment there. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I think she's kind of summarizing some yes, of the things said. we said. <laughs> so, <laughs> finally, I've learned a lot from you people. I love this self-actualization. Asante Sana, Asante Sana Helen, for listening. You have to call it a day there, Bishop. Yes, Can you imagine? We have to. Please yeah, pray. That was the time we had. <laughs> yes. Please pray for every leader tuned in that God will help each one of us to be able to practice this. Go and do it, not just listen, be doers exactly. of what you've learned. You have heard. Yes. Exactly. Karibu. We'll uh, thank you, our Lord and Father, once again for giving us this opportunity to discuss matters of leadership and especially in the area of motivation. We are living in a time when many people are discouraged because of one thing or another. Help us as leaders. Uh, in spite of our own personal discouragements, that we can lift up somebody's burden. And so I pray that you open our eyes, uh, you open our ears, you open our hearts to be empathetic and to listen and help our members uh, to arise from the dust where they find themselves so that they can be motivated and active in building teams that will deliver effectively. And so I pray, Father, for each one of us that we will or actually reach out to individuals who may be down there uh, that are requiring to be lifted up. Thank you, Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into the Leadership Forum. Join us again on Alternate Mondays for deeper insights on leadership. The Leadership Forum. Discussing leaders and followers.